1: Hey guys, welcome back to Dr. Lowe's show. I'm your host, Dr. Lauren Noel, naturopathic doctor. Welcome, welcome back. It's so great to have you. Tonight, we're going to be talking about something that I think most of us can probably relate to. We're talking all about bloating. (laughs) All of us have felt bloated at some point throughout our life, I'm sure. And there's a lot of reasons why we might bloat. And so tonight, I'm hoping that we will give you some real actionable takeaways of how you can reduce the bloat And not feel several months pregnant when it just might be a food baby. Or you might feel like it's not food related. Maybe you eat right, you exercise right, and you still feel like you have this bloat on the midsection. That's what our show tonight is all about. Before we talk all about the bloat, I want to just thank you so much for the reviews that you guys have been leaving over on iTunes. It means so much to me to see that feedback. Just looking through some of the recent reviews, Megan Landon Landis. Hi, you guys. Thank you for that. Funny-tastic. We got PLH, Ben Knight, Phenomenal A, Um, some really awesome recent reviews. And I just really appreciate you guys leaving the feedback because when I read those, it's very motivating to keep bringing you this content. And it also helps to spread the word. The more reviews the show has, the more people hear about this content and how much do people need to hear about this stuff, right? It's life-changing information. So if you haven't taken a minute to leave a review, you can go ahead and press pause we'll still be here when you get back. You can open up iTunes. You can use the podcast app and just leave a review and leave a comment. And I read each and every one of them. So I thank you so much in advance. I'm very grateful. We are in crunch mode for our shine detox launch party coming up. It's on Thursday, April 27th from six to nine. Now, if you're not local in the San Diego area, then you can join us over on social media. We're going to be doing some coverage on the event. You can follow me over on my Snapchat or on Instagram. You can follow me at healthy low. Um, also, you're welcome to follow our Instagram page, which is Shine Natural Medicine, and we're going to be posting some fun little Instagram stories throughout the event. So if you're not local, it's all good; you can still hang in with us on the social medias. Also, at the event, we're going to have Organifi there, so they're going to be um, sampling some of the greens drink Organifi that I keep talking about. It's that superfood um, freeze dried juice blend. It's coconut and ashwagandha infused. I absolutely love it. So if you are local, you can come and taste it. If you haven't tried Organifi and you're not local, just take my word for it. It's really, really good. If you're feeling like it's hard to get in enough vegetables, or maybe you thought about juicing, but you don't want to go through all the effort of making your own juices or even buying them at Jamba Juice or you know different juice places, they really add up cost-wise. This is a really great way to get in some veggies and some greens juice into your daily routine. So this is what I do every single day. You can um, put it in your smoothies. They have little travel packs. There's really no excuse. It's the easiest way to drink green juice every day. So you can get yours with a special Dr. Lowe listener discount. Go to or- Organifi.com. That's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com. And then enter Dr. Lowe at checkout, D-R-L-O. And you get 20% off your order of your green drink or anything else you get on their website, which includes turmeric. They have a protein, a brand new protein powder that's amazing. Um, They have probiotics. So pretty much whatever you need in terms of supplements, you're probably going to find mostly what you need there. So check them out. All right, guys, let's jump into the show and talk all about the bloat. I'm excited to jump into the topic, but just quickly a little bit about my guest. I have Christy Acuna on the show and you can learn more about her over at holisticallychristy.com. That's Christy, K-R-I-S-T-I. So holisticallychristy.com. And, and Christy has a really interesting story of what brought her into the world of natural healing. And, and I definitely want to hear more of her personal story, but I know that it has to do with a lot of skin issues from, from her upbringing and how she was able to heal her body. And You guys know, if you've listened to the show for a while, my personal story of why I'm even in natural medicine, I had my own personal history of of skin problems. That's what brought me into this world. So a lot of times we really do focus on the things that we struggled with and now it's about paying it forward and helping others. So Christy, welcome to the show. Tell me a little bit of what got you into this whole world of natural medicine and... And now helping others with what you dealt with.
2: Yeah. Well, first, thank you so much, Dr. Lowe, for having me. I love yes. doing podcasts and reaching out and really helping and relating to people because just letting them know that they're not alone. Yes. So everyone out there, you're not alone. I struggled. That's how I ended up here as a holistic nutritionist 12 years later. Um, how I got here and what my story is, is I was born with an autoimmune disease of the skin. So what I have is something called psoriasis. And psoriasis is where the skin cells replicate faster on my skin than normal skin cells do. So that's what the, that's what it looks like when the dry skin is sloughing off or you've got flakiness happening. And so I was born with that from head to toe in my scalp, uh, never on my face except for around the borders of my chin and my hairline. It was all over from my neck, my torso, my breasts, wrapped around my arms, my legs. And it is bright red. It was not super itchy, but it was painful. And for years, I was taken to dermatologists, put on steroid creams. I mean, I thought that I had a lotion cream deficiency. Because when you're a kid, you don't know, right? Like, you don't know. You're just, you're doing what mom and dad say. You're eating what they're giving you. And then you go to the doctor and you're you know doing what they're saying but it's not working. I mean, mm-hmm. I she took me to a whole meal path who said you got to eat hummus, showed us how to make hummus. <laughs> um, made elixirs that I used to cry before I drank. Like it was it's pretty significant, you know, piece of my life that has really pretty much paved the road for where I'm at now because this is like for about 20 years. So by the time I got to about Nineteen twenty, I, you know, my skin had lessened. It wasn't as bad, but it was still bad where I was wearing clothes to cover up. You know, it was yeah. like, am I ever going to fall in love? Is a man going to ever find me beautiful? Or am I, what am I going to do in this career work world? Is this all they're going to see is my skin problem? I mean, it was like completely mentally, emotionally debilitating most of my life. Mm. But You know, the thing that changed it was that my mom, she was a nurse for 27 years here in Orange County, uh, California at St. Joseph's Hospital, and she did a lot of labor and delivery, and she actually got sick through a patient she was delivering a baby from, and she had her,
1: yeah. How'd she get sick from a patient?
2: Well, what happened is, is the patient did not disclose, as far as I understand, she didn't disclose that she had herpes oh. and she was delivering the baby and she must have, you know, taken off her glove for something just real quick. Mm-hmm. And the next morning she woke up and her whole, um, face was. blown up basically extremely swollen and you know it just completely broke out and so she went to the doctor been on so many antibiotics and you know she's a nurse so she's in that field she's trusting her doctors her peers her colleagues and nothing was working she was sicker and sicker so she found uh this chiropractor that practiced natural medicine Mm -hmm. and completely healed her and she was like whoa I can't even understand or believe what just happened but that's the route I want to take so she became a naturopath.
1: Interesting. That's pretty cool. And yeah. what's, you know, going back to, to your experience of having psoriasis and, and having it to where it's on the outside of your body as to, uh, compared to the inside. So, you know, symptoms are always a clue that there's something happening deeper in the body. And yes. it's, it can be difficult because some symptoms are, are exterior where you can see and some are internal. You know, certain conditions you just don't feel well or you have low energy or maybe brain fog or depression, anxiety, things like that that you can't necessarily see, which can have its own set of issues. But but then there's also the you know the outwardly visible things where you're having this on the outside, and you're going through this period of time where you're developing your identity and you know wanting to have friends accept you and It can be a really tough time to go through that during those teenagers and I can absolutely relate I mean, as you're speaking i 'm just getting flashbacks to so when I was in high school and Middle school going to dermatologists and getting another topical to put on my face for my acne Yes. It just wasn't working. And, and like you said, that there's dif- like, it's not like you have psoriasis because you have a, a cream deficiency. You know, it's <laughs> like, there's no like vitamin or mineral that this cream is replenishing. It's just masking those symptoms and just driving it deeper into the body. So, Right. So what, what was it that eventually really helped to heal up your skin?
2: So what it was is that my mom, she became a naturopath and she uh, started a practice in our home. Mm-hmm. So she used me as kind of the guinea pig and she started to cleanse me. Now I use Standard Process, which mm-hmm. is a whole food supplementation line. Um, with their HerbLine MediHerb and what she did is she put me on the 21 day cleanse mm-hmm. and this is a cleanse where you're eating the whole time you're doing a couple of protein shakes you're eating vegetables seeds some bone broth um, fruits and you're really just eating those foods that help proper detoxification happen and then after halfway through you start adding in chicken and fish to stabilize and create a good lifestyle of of Food. So, the thing that it was is I just got rid of the junk. Yeah. I got rid of the junk after all the dermatologists, the homeopath, the medical doctors, the pediatricians, all of them, none of them were asking, well, is she eating wheat flour? Is she eating gluten? Is she eating yeah. sugar? Is she eating fried foods? And as soon as at 19, like 20 years later, I start cleansing, I actually lose some weight, the bloating goes away. Yeah. My skin starts to clear and I'm wearing a bikini. It was right. incredible. It's something that was just, it's not, wasn't really a part of my, you know, growing up. Yeah. So it was, it was really, really a cool transformation, but it took longer than the 21 days. The 21 days was just a kickstart. Oh, then boy. she began to support my body with specific nutrients that I needed.
1: Mm-hmm. And how old so were you was, around this time?
2: I was about 20. Okay. So this was about a year.
1: Yeah, that's probably around when a lot of my skin issues started to resolve was around that time. But it could have happened sooner if I had known the issue, you know, what the real issue was. So, yeah, so I remember going to dermatologists, and and for you guys who are listening listening to the show, you may know the story, but going to dermatologists and asking, hey, is there something I can eat? Is there something I could not eat? Is there any connection? And and even (laughs) middle schooler, I remember the doctor looking at me and saying, Right in my face, there is no connection between what you eat and what you're in your skin. There's no connection. And, and so, you know, so being on Accutane for multiple months and legally having to be put on birth control pills, because if you get pregnant on Accutane, you're very likely to have a baby born with birth defects. That's how hard it is on your skin. Right. Absolutely. And so then, you know, that didn't even work. (laughs) I've on this medication for so long and and it didn't even work. And it wasn't until I saw a naturopathic doctor who actually cleaned up my diet, took out the foods I was reacting to, and my skin got better. So how this relates to the topic we're talking about for the show is bloating. How is there a connection between your skin and... Your gut, like how can that be connected?
2: I know it's crazy, right? Here's, here's how it's connected the, uh, the whole entire body is connected. Your nervous system is all throughout your autonomic nervous system, all throughout your spinal column, connected to the organ function, you know, which controls your skin, your liver, your kidneys, your detoxification zones, your sleep, your moods, your cycle you're everything and your skin is your biggest eliminating organ that you have that's your biggest detox organ so if you're eating something that's affecting your kidney or excuse me your liver well and or your kidneys your skin may be showing signs of symptoms that the inside is not doing so well so it's really important to pay attention to that if you have acne this isn't just a 13-year-old puberty problem this is probably most likely 99.9% A food challenge that could be throwing off your hormones, which will throw off the skin. Mm. So it's all interlinked. Every single piece of the body is connected. If I have fungus in my toe, it has everything to do with acne on my face or psoriasis on my body.
1: Mm. Yes. Something as random as your toe. like How can I have fungus (laughs) in my toe connected? But no, it's an outward... It's It's a gut gut problem. problem. Right. Yeah. So bloating. All of us can relate to it. We've all felt bloated from time to time where we're feeling nice and slim and then we eat a certain meal and we're feeling bloated or maybe there's a certain period of, of you know time in our life where, gosh, I'm just more bloated than I used to be. So let's kind of dive into what the heck is bloating anyway? What could be at the root of bloating issues? Okay. Yeah, absolutely. So bloating is a
2: real popular thing. It's been popular for years. Not everyone talks about it or they tolerate it and deal with it and think I thought it was just how my stomach worked or digest and function. Others are like, I can't take it anymore. I'm sick of being pregnant with no results. No, yeah. no, no baby coming out. Right, <laughs> right. So, <laughs> nothing to show for this bloating. So a lot of bloating. A lot of my clients come in, they're bloated because of the foods they're eating. Many of them have too much sugar or too much carbohydrate or wheat flour in their diet. So what happens is, is it can feed, I call them bugs. They're, they're pathogens, uh, bacterias, funguses, yeasts, um, parasites. These are all bugs and we all have good and bad bugs in the body. It's just, be, it's just when they become pathogenic. So then you have an overgrowth of bad. And the way that they become uh, bad bugs is when you eat sugar. That's how they multiply and feed and breed and create families in the digestive tract. Mm -hmm. And then these bugs are digesting you and you are not digesting them. And that's my biggest takeaway with with everybody, anyone listening and all my clients is that's the most important thing. You've got to digest these organisms and these things are digesting you. Mm -hmm. That's why you've got the cravings for sugar. The cravings for bread and you keep eating it, feeding it. And you're just, you're six months pregnant with nothing to show for. <laughs> <laughs> so,
1: funny. so you can have bloating because there's certain foods that are in your diet that are contributing to an overgrowth potentially of something that should not be there, whether it's an overgrowth of a certain kind of bacteria or if it's an overgrowth of yeast, like you said. And, and so it's, it's a, a couple of things. It's, it's both the foods you're eating, but also what it's doing in your digestive system, right?
2: Absolutely. Yes. So a few other reasons you might not have by when you're eating these foods, it can diminish your body's secretions of hydrochloric acid. Hydrochloric acid is stomach acid. And this is one of the most biggest problems today is that most are missing stomach acid and most who deal with GERD or acid reflux or heartburn or any stomach challenge think, oh, I must have too much acid going on. That's why it's coming back up or causing all this gastric distress. And that's not the truth or case at all. In fact, it's the opposite. They are severely deficient in stomach acid,
1: which is also
2: contributing to bloating because now their stomach doesn't have a good pH of zero to one. Mm -hmm. That's super acidic to kill off these bacteria, funguses, yeast, parasites. These bugs come in and they're like, come on in boys, it's nice and warm in here. Nice and alkaline. So then they thrive. So stomach acid is a huge problem as well as uh, enzymes. Enzymes are incredibly important for the body to decrease inflammation, digest the food, absorb nutrients, cut down mucus.
1: So if you're eating a meal and you like, especially like a protein rich meal, like a nice big steak or a nice slab of chicken, something where it's good protein and you feel like it just kind of sits in your stomach like a brick, it doesn't break down, and you feel just this sense of fullness, or maybe you're burping a lot or bloated. Like we're talking about, these can all be clues that maybe it's a stomach acid issue. And you know, I, I, I educate my patients on this all the time that we want our bodies to be ni- nice and alkaline in general, but we want our stomachs to be very acidic. Yes, and, and the acidity, like you're saying, really helps to provide that. That protection from all the stuff we eat in our diet. Because even if you eat super clean, chances are you may still have some bacteria on your food that you maybe don't want to have as, a, as an inhabitant of your digestive system. So you have that defense of that stomach acid to kill it off. And then you're able to protect your the rest of your digestive system from what else is going to grow. And so if you're not having that stomach acid, then you 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 are a nice, beautiful home. You you, you become an Airbnb. <laughs> For bacteria to grow, right? Oh, that's great. That's great.
2: Yeah. <laughs> so
1: yeah. So you want to have kind of your your um your borders secure to your to your system of uh, allowing the right stuff to come in and, and the wrong stuff to be killed off, so that it doesn't become a, it doesn't you know create a home in your gut. So I, this is a, this was a game changer for me. I I no longer have issues with stomach acid, but years ago I really did. And I had no idea I would just get so bloated. And I actually was quite thin at the time, but I had this big bloated middle section. And I was working with a naturopathic doctor at the time who put me on stomach acid. She gave me hydrochloric acid capsules and I would go, I would start with one per meal. And then with each meal, I went up by another, and I think I got up to like ten capsules. It was crazy. I was not making any wow. acid at the time. I got up <laughs> to ten capsules, and I finally noticed that i didn 't get this bloating i didn 't need to do that for that long, though, which was pretty cool. It really allowed my body to kind of reset. And, um, and obviously for you guys listening, you know, work with, work with a, a healthcare provider to have some guidance. If you just, dis- if you do decide to do an HCL challenge, Absolutely, um, you don't want to, like, if you have an ulcer or something, one capsule of HCL, you're going to feel it. So yes, you know, don't, don't mess with it. <laughs> but, um, but eventually over time it started to kind of jumpstart my digestive tract. And now if I just take one capsule of HCL, I don't, I don't need it at all. So, oh, that's great. Which is, yeah, it's so great. And so why, why is stomach acid so important besides just, you know, preventing you from getting certain gut infections? What else that's is a, important for you? Oh, yeah? sorry.
2: <laughs> that's a great question. So it's super powerful. It's a basic foundational need that the body needs because it's part of also digesting protein. So when you had mentioned if you eat a big steak and you're feeling bloated and it's just sitting there. Many people mistake that and think, my body just doesn't like meat. Right. And then they think, well, I need to be vegan or vegetarian then, because my body doesn't like it. And really what's happening is, is that no, you just don't have enough stomach acid or acidity in there to actually digest it. So it sends a message to the brain, stop liking so much meat. We don't have enough juice down here. Right. And so then it becomes uh, that there's that problem. Yes. Now, the, the other part of it is, is that you absorb calcium and magnesium and your minerals through the acid. If you don't have stomach acid, you don't digest calcium. Boom.
1: Yeah. That's it. Osteoporosis. <laughs>
2: yes. Yeah. That's big right now. You don't have enough stomach acid. Forget it. That calcium citrate, that calcium malate, that calcium lactate, all those good, fine, top of the line platinum. Calciums will yeah. not be brought in. You can buy all the calcium you want, but it's not going to work if you don't have enough stomach acid.
1: Yeah. So we we say you know you are what you eat, but truly it is you are what you absorb, and also you are what you don't poop out. <laughs> so
2: <laughs> so there's more to that it. Topic. The,
1: Right. So so how can we help? Obviously, we can take HCL, but is there a way to help improve this naturally? How do we support better stomach acid?
2: So here's a couple of tricks uh, to support uh better stomach acid. One, slow down when you're eating, make sure you chew. And I know this is going to sound obscene. Even I think it's obscene, but you're going to want to try and chew your food, especially those bigger like protein meat type foods, at least 30 times, yeah. 30 bites and really slow it down. Don't be eating while you're driving. Don't be running and standing and on the go, like just take 10 Minute minimum, and just chew your food sitting there in a parasympathetic state so your body can digest it and absorb it. And it won't give you, in fact, it might even cut the bloating a bit.
1: Yeah. Here's a real challenge. Put your phone down when you eat. (laughs) Even if you're eating by yourself, put your phone down. I know, right? (laughs) And just look at your food and smell it and just give thanks to how this food got to your plate. And and you'll notice how addicted you are to stimulus while you're eating. I say that because I can relate. There's times where I'm sitting eating by myself and I want to scroll through Instagram and just text, yes. people and like my mind just wants to be pew, 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 pew. always, always active and doing something. But that that kind of state, that nervous system state, is oftentimes that fight or flight response, right? So you want to relax and just chill. Think of like when you're going out to eat with friends and you're just totally chilled out, not looking at the time just enjoying yourself that's in a rest state and you're going to be digesting better like that
2: absolutely that's such a great point really just being grateful for the food on the plate and just and tasting the food for crying out loud just taste it yeah <laughs> it tastes really really good mm-hmm. the other thing you can do is some apple cider vinegar you can do a teaspoon or tablespoon uh, of apple cider vinegar. Um, I know it's cu- quite a, a, a difference, but sometimes people could use a little more. ACV, apple mm-hmm. cider vinegar, and a wedge of lemon, and do that 20 minutes before your meal. Love it. And that can help induce a little bit of stomach acid. If it's not healthy, if you're like, okay, I'm going to do what Chrissy says, we're going to try this, and it doesn't help, then you probably need some stomach acid. But yeah. I 100% suggest that you find a practitioner in your area, such as Dr. Lowe. We're on the show. Hello.
1: <laughs> and Holistically <laughs> Christy. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs>
2: but, <laughs> so find someone in your area that can help guide you and to know where your body's at before you start buying different supplements. Right. That's actually one of the biggest things. I'll have clients go to Costco, CVS, Target, Or, you know, and just buy because society says, well, I need vitamin D and D3 and calcium. And they have no idea that they just bought a bunch of synthetic soybean oil, FD&C blue colored chemical supplements that are ruining their stomach acid.
1: Yes. And also too, if you're wanting to decide between taking some stomach acid support or doing enzymes, you may want to start with supporting stomach acid because stomach acid helps to activate your own enzymes. So you can kind of, you know, prioritize things and maybe start with the apple cider vinegar, start by slowing down, chewing your food more. And that right there just may be the game changer that you need. For well, sure. Yeah. And also one little interesting tip too, is if, if you find yourself really having an aversion to meat and you're like, yeah, I just, I'm not a meat person. I don't like meat. You might have a zinc deficiency. So that can be something Ooh, you know, yes. you're low in zinc. You're not going to be making a lot of these different digestive juices. And then you're going to be feeling more like anti-meat. So that that's can, a great point. And the best food sources of zinc, oysters and pumpkin seeds, but definitely oysters are a lot more. So
2: I'm working on that one. That's <laughs> a tough one to swallow. <laughs>
1: if you're an oyster that- person or not, but I could just oh my gosh, I might have to have oysters after this show. I love oysters. <laughs> <laughs> so we talked about stomach acid. What else could be some culprits of bloating?
2: What else are culprits of bloating? Hormones. Hormones can be culprits of bloating as well. If your adrenals are not at optimal function, they can interrupt, they can produce a hormone called cortisol, which can inactivate or interrupt your digestion. Mm -hmm. So that's also can be the bloating. And so your adrenals, personally and my practice, I call them your lifelines. Mm -hmm. These are your glands, are my favorite. Uh, glands in the body to help because as soon as you start calming them down giving them a way out to release and balance out the hormone production the cortisol the blood sugar regulation it's like all of a sudden your mood changes your sleep changes your 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 path your life your thoughts change because Mm -hmm. everything isn't so racy on the go irritable pissed off on to the next, on to the next, yes. which is really how we live. So really helping those adrenal glands. There's two of them. They sit right on top of your kidneys. They're so like little and they do so much.
1: I know. And- it's amazing. Adrenal <laughs> adrenal's like a punch. I mean, oh. what you do in the body and how little they are. It's pretty cool.
2: It is so cool. And they are, those little things and they take on all the frustration, your boss, your company, your sister, brother, mother, yeah. <laughs> we all have some of those, you know, in our lives and those adrenals, uh, y- your ability, whether you snap fast or snap slow and handle it and then come back and, you know, handle the situation, meaning like your attitude, is really dependent on uh, the health of your adrenals. Yeah. And those can absolutely affect your digestion and contribute to bloating as well.
1: Yeah, so if you have symptoms like feeling wired but tired or if yes. you're feeling like my sleep is not what it once was or if you're dealing with, like, like you said, just feeling really stressed, short fuse, like everything pisses you off. Yes. <laughs> and you know, and maybe, yes. maybe you, so it could be that, maybe you've been slim your whole life and all of a sudden you're having this kind of midsection bloating. Or if you just tend to find that you put on weight more in the midsection as opposed to the rest of your body. Yes. Clues that there's some cortisol issues, right?
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Another thing that could contribute to bloating, I've got two organs. I, I mean, I love them all, but there's just two that just show up a lot in my practice is the gallbladder. And I feel like she, I always narrate like their, <laughs> their genders mm-hmm. or something, <laughs> but I feel like she gets the brunt end as well. And the gallbladder is a little sack or I call it like a little purse, uh, underneath <laughs> the liver. <laughs> and That's when cute. she gets too full and gets too, like, uh, it's hard to, you know, um, it's real sluggish file. It's hard for the body to take out the trash because mm. the vial is what digests your fat and takes out the trash.
1: I like that, the little purse. So (laughs) So your liver has a cute little accessory, your gallbladder, that helps (laughs) to break down your fats. And so how do we we help the gallbladder to work better?
2: The gallbladder, depending, let's say you're someone who does not have a gallbladder because they took it from you. Those are ones I wish I would have seen before they took it because you want to save it. Yes, it is true. Can you live without a gallbladder? Yes, but it wasn't put there for, you know, by mistake or extra. You only get one. And so it's so important that if they do take your gallbladder that to see, again, a practitioner such as Dr. Lowe or myself or someone in your area that can help you with maybe you need some bile salts because when you don't have that organ, you can live without it, but your quality of life just starts to go down because now the bloating starts to go up Mm -hmm. because you don't digest. Right. So you don't emulsify
1: those fats that you need, you need. Yep. You need the bile to help break down the fat to help obviously absorb things like fat soluble vitamins, essential fatty acids, yes. some of these good quality fats. Your brain is made of fat. Your hormones are made of fat. So good absorption of fat is really crucial. Um, so bile salts, this is just something like, I, I know standard process has some good um, products and yes. you know, there's some great ones you can get. Um, and so, I I've seen it a lot for patients who let's say, you know, they come into my office, they had their gallbladder out years ago. And ever since then they've had loose stools. They've had yep. thin thin thin. very common kind of history to see.
2: Yes. Very, very common. So it's really important. And also something, if you do have a gallbladder, let's say you do have it and you're like, I didn't lose mine yet, but I just, I've got some pain in that area or just my digestion or my poop sticks to the bowl after you flush it. If you're one that leaves a reputation behind and you're <laughs> you're spending time cleaning it up, that's a problem. That means inability to digest that very well. So <laughs> eating things like, um, like beets and beet leaf, that's the leaf on the end, the stem of the beet. Those are things that have natural thinning ability to thin that vial, right? Mm. And clean up your mess. So you don't leave such a reputation behind.
1: <laughs> we want a clean break, clean getaway. Clean
2: break. Yes. Yeah. Don't leave your prints behind.
1: <laughs> That's awesome. So I would, let's talk more about the hormone connection here. I think a lot of ladies, especially, and a lot of guys can really relate to this too. This is definitely a topic that is across the, you know, the sexes. Oh yeah. So So how do we start to, like, let's say it's a hormone connection and we're we're having this bloating because of a cortisol issue, or let's say, you know, we're going through kind of perimenopause, menopausal time, and you're just noticing it's like, it's not, it's not burning as fast. So what can we do to help to, you know, improve that? Improve the fat burning? Yeah. Just kind of that midsection tire that can happen for men and for women. One of the things you can do, this is a
2: I know everybody knows this, but I'm just going to say it, is sleep. That's yeah. one of the main things. That's number one. And sleep doesn't mean go to bed by 1 a.m. and wake up by 8 a.m. and that, oh, I had my seven hours. That's yeah. not what I mean. And, in fact, in my studies and growing up, my mentors, well, growing up, well, in my studies, <laughs> my mentors, you know, one of my mentors was a, uh, a doctor, uh, an, uh, uh, a naturopathic doctor, mm-hmm. such as yourself, and he told me, he was so brilliant, and he told me, he said, listen, men need to be asleep by 10 p.m. Women need to be asleep by 11 p.m. I don't understand or know why it's that way, but that's mm. just what I understood when I was studying all about the sleep and the weights and the adrenals. It's just the recovery time. So the main thing is, is that you want to be asleep before midnight, because by 12 p.m., between twelve and two AM, that's when your body shuts down, cleans up shop, closes it up, and it's healing and repairing. That's right. the time when we're getting ready for the next day. Yeah. So you do not want to be up by that time, or you will interfere with your blood sugar and adrenal recovery.
1: Mm-hmm. So, and one of the very best hormones to help with burning fat for men and for women is testosterone, and. The only time where we charge up and restore our testosterone is when we're sleeping. Exactly. So I think that's definitely one piece of it and growth hormone as well. I mean, the main anti-aging hormone, it, it really only charges up while we're sleeping. So, exactly. So yeah, getting that really crucial period of time with your sleep is is, is key. Um, in darkness, right? Not oh, on all kinds Exactly. Of Hmm.
2: Exactly. So, and also, and for those that are like, well, I don't sleep, or I have to take melatonin, or I'm on trazodone, or whatever medication to get you to sleep. I mean, that's a problem. There's something going on with your body. And just like Dr. Low mentioned earlier, uh, wired but tired. You know, right. by that evening time, it's like, how do you feel when you wake up? Are you exhausted? It's you're hitting the snooze. You can't get out of bed. And then nighttime, you're a night owl ready to party, like college years that is a completely flipped and switched, uh, nervous system that is having a real difficult time. So it's real important to make sure that you kind of assess where you're at so that, you know, you know, some things you can do to really
1: help. Yeah. Cool. So we talk about getting good sleep and then how else can we improve that midsection spare tire?
2: (laughs) The belly fat. Yeah. The belly fat. so, So some other things you can do is stop eating so much bread and wheat flour And carbohydrates, let's bring the carbohydrates into a good, mellow, healthy zone, typically for my clients. And it is, you know, case-based, but typically I will generally recommend around 74 grams of carbohydrates per day. And so it's really important to portion out, you know, having the right stomach acid, right enzymes in place, um, really getting enough rest, recovery, And not working out too hard, that's also another thing that comes into the office, is I have some triathletes, and I also have some CrossFitters. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes, they are like, Christy, I don't get it. I'm working out six days a week doing CrossFit or triathlon-type training, and I can't lose weight. And in fact, I keep gaining weight. Yeah. I'm like, yes, because your adrenals are beat to heck <laughs> and they just keep because keep producing cortisol and storing in that center belly as fat and your body's not going to let it go because it's unhealthy. It'll hang on to everything it can. It's, right. it's in like starvation mode,
1: even oh, though it man. doesn't look like it. I'm just thinking of a patient from just last week. I, I told her, I said, no CrossFit for three months because <laughs> she was doing oh, six days is. a week. Yeah. Six yep. days a week. She had just done a marathon last year total like rock star mom, just taking care of everybody and going through a divorce too. So it was like, oh. everything was just so much like her body just really needed to rest and recharge. And yet with all of her spare time, she was going to CrossFit because it was such a, a oh, stress, yeah. stress relief, which I totally get. So, but I was like, throw your scale away. We're not going to even look at the scale for like three months. Let's just focus on healing right now. We'll, we'll come back to looking at weight in in a few months, but let's just focus on healing your nervous system, getting you sleeping, Resting, let's have you going for walks, maybe restorative yoga, and just healing up. And yes, and some it, it kind of depends. Some patients, when I say something like that, they're like, Oh, thank you. I need someone <laughs> to tell me that and the other, other, you know, other half is like, Oh my gosh, if I stop, I'm going to gain all this weight. Yes. And, And you know, and sometimes there might be a pound or two that gets gained, but over time it starts to really taper off as, as the hormones become more balanced out, right? Do you see this? Right. Also. Oh,
2: all the time. Yes. I had a client that said the exact same thing. I, I don't, I'm working out six days a week. I don't know what to do. I keep gaining weight. And in three weeks, I just said, you are not allowed to do one workout. You have to commit to this. You have to stop. Your body is all wound up with nowhere to go and you, you have to knock it off. So yeah. she lost five pounds in three weeks right. and doing nothing, by the way, doing yes. nothing.
1: That's the thing. So I really want you guys to, to get that that fat loss. I know you've heard this on shows, but it's, it's not about calories in, calories out. It's really not. It's about regulating your hormones. And if you want, it's kind of like making money while you sleep. If you want <laughs> to burn fat while you're doing nothing, then you really get to regulate your hormones. that's about getting your adrenal hormones to chill out and to allow those fat-burning hormones to turn on. So so how else can we do this?
2: Let's get more dopamine happening. Yeah. (laughs) Well, other things we can do. Let's talk about foods. Protein. Now, I am a a T-Rex. I'm a Tyrannosaurus Rex myself. So I eat all of it. I don't discriminate. I do lamb. I do pork. I do beef. I do chicken. I do fish. I'm just very, very picky about the types I eat. Grass-fed pasture raised, organic. Um, So I'm very picky in regards to the type of meat I will buy. But one thing you can do is lessen your carbohydrates and up your protein. So eating more protein throughout the day and portioning it right, you know, making sure that it fits just the palm of your hand, having a nice, you know, organic uh, grass-fed filet with some vegetables, even some little sweet potato to give you a little starch in there and fullness with a lot of butter, good whole raw butter would be amazing. And in fact, cook your steak. I forgot about this. This is my actual, my famous thing of how to get rid of belly fat. Everyone's going to be like, I think she's lying and I'm going to click off right now. (laughs) But I am telling you, cook your meals in lard. Lard (laughs) is one of the best ways to help cut the belly fat, as well as replenishing vitamin D in the body and getting good fats.
1: It supports your hormones. Well, I love it. And it makes your food taste better anyway.
2: Of course it does.
1: <laughs> so, But I love what you're saying is you're not going out and just buying Crisco. You want no. clean, clean fat because the fat is where the toxins are. So you want to have as clean of a fat as you can get.
2: Yes. And I thought there's two things. So one thing Is, is when you're buying, okay, so when you're getting, I do, I use bacon grease. I haven't even made it to my lard yet because I make so much bacon and I save the grease. So I have lard that I get from a local farm here, like a pasture raised pig lard. So I know I get the good quality lard with a good abundant amount of vitamin D in it. Mm -hmm. This pig is not eating corn and grains and soy. This one's a pasture raised type. So that's the best type of lard you can get. And lard does not have any flavor to it really. But bacon grease will be a li- have more sodium and have some a little more spo- smoky flavor to it. But mm-hmm. it's the best to cook in the pan in. It's awesome. And so while you're on your journey of losing weight, the second thing I was going to mention is sometimes you can feel a little detox. And you're like, what's going on? I'm eating so healthy, but I'm kind of feeling a little off. And just what Dr. Lowe said is that the, the fats, they store toxins. So when you start eating good, healthy fats and your body's getting happy, so it will let go and break down those toxic fats that your body's hung on to for years, it's like it has to go through it all over again because now those fats are breaking open and and being funneled through your liver and your kidneys (laughs) and your intestines. And the body has to feel that, you know, toxin all over again, and it's going to react to it. So just know that um, there's some transition in losing that belly fat for sure.
1: Yeah. Stay super hydrated because you're going to be doing some detoxifying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good. I love it. So what about, let's say someone listening is like, you know what, but I have all these sugar cravings, you know, and oh, it's good like, question. I, I, I want sugar It makes the bloating worse. I know because when I eat the sugar, it adds to it, but I just can't seem to break that cycle.
2: Okay, so that's a great question and everyone is gonna love maybe one part that I'll say, but the other part they'll be like, eh, click <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> One part is is look, there is no magic there is some magic pills, but not enough that is as magical as your discipline. You have to put that in place. You really do. You have to put in place, okay, my cravings are so high. I really need to lessen my sugar. I am not going to have two cookies after dinner. It's only one and that's it. And you have to commit to it. So the discipline is number one. And it will get easier with the second thing I recommend, which is a magical pill, which is what I use all the time, is something, an herb called gymnema. G Y M N E. M-A. Gymnema is a powerful herb. I use it in my practice. And I actually have my clients suck on the tablet Mm. and then swallow it. And what it does is it desensitizes those sugar cravings. And they did this study with the gymnema herb liquid with dentists. So the dentist gave it to their kids, swished it in their mouth and actually spit it out. And the kids, they offered them chocolate afterwards, and they repulsed it. They didn't wow, want it.
1: Wow, that's cool. Yeah. Is there a certain so, brand that you like for people?
2: Yes, I love Mediherb. Um, that is actually only sold through healthcare practitioners, mm-hmm. like chiropractors, nutritionists, naturopaths, acupuncturists. Um, that's top of line my favorite. Mm-hmm. But if you can find a Gymnema in your local health food store, like a Whole Foods or Sprouts, um, I'd say try it. Try it. But I, I would try and get a hold of a Herb Jamima
1: for sure. Let's talk about alcohol a little bit. I find that it. a lot of times, <laughs> my ladies, sometimes where it's like the end of a hard day or they put their kids to bed or they're just wanting to unwind, they'll have a glass or two or three of <laughs> <and> a <laughs> bottle of wine and it, you know... It, it a little bit turns into a, a decent amount of bit, and then it, it ends up being where you know they're going through several bottles per week. I see this a lot, so or even just a little bit per night. What what can this oh, yeah. be doing to hormones?
2: Oh, I'm sorry. Say, say the question. Again. I just said
1: what what can this be doing to hormones by by doing oh. some ongoing you know partaking? It,
2: <laughs> it can it can really interfere with the hormones because number one, your liver. Produces about 70% of cholesterol is produced in the liver. And just so you understand, um, everyone that's listening, your cholesterol is what makes every single hormone in the body. And so if you are messing with your liver's functionality and detoxability, you are essentially going to mess with the proper detoxification of the hormones. So you make hormones in the adrenals, they produce something called cortisol. Your body needs to, at the end of the night or in the morning, detox excess cortisol that it doesn't need anymore. So if you're drinking and you're interfering with the liver's ability to let go of certain hormones out of the system, like estrogen, cortisol, you are going to pack on the weight, number one, and you're going to feel crummy, number two, and you're interrupting the hormone pattern. And you might find yourself with, I'm SOL and I have to go on HRT. (laughs) 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 right? And you don't want to be, you know, I'm not against it. It's just, I I really try my best to save people from going down those roads. So alcohol interferes big time. Yeah. But it doesn't mean, you know, you can never have a drink. Of course, you know, I have my drink and all my clients like, Christy, what do you do? And I'm like, well, I'm regular like you. And so what I do is I will drink. Um, I, I typically get the brand Chopin. Mm -hmm. And it is spelled Chopin, C-H-O-P-P-I-N. And Chopin vodka is a potato vodka. And it's a real smooth, easy buzz. And I will put it with some lemon so I can alkalize my body a bit and water. So Mm -hmm. I'm hydrating at the same time. So I'm kind of uh, manipulating my alcohol. (laughs) (laughs) But then afterwards, what I do is I take something from MediHerb called Livco, where it helps to support the detoxification. uh, Phase one, phase two, collect the toxins. Phase two, dump them um, after I drink. So I don't have a hangover. I mean, I really don't drink that much, but anytime I do, I prep my liver for the poison, drink the poison and then take the live. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Yeah. I love it. I, um, I love a product called Glutathione Recycler from Apex that, that works Ooh. wonders. Yeah. If you find you do like a glass or two of wine and you get, you get a headache, but this is a great one to help kind of offset that, but it's not to be, you know, taken to become an all right clinic. It's just, you know, here and there when, <laughs> right. When you're uh, doc, yeah.
2: Dr. Look, do you mind if I say something really quick? There's sure um, a, about the sugar cravings. There's one more thing I wanted to say is that if you do have high sugar cravings, we talked about number one, get your discipline and commitments in place. Number two, try the, gemema and number 3 if you're having a craving for sugar start implementing more fats. Yes. That will help lessen the cravings. Go have a scoop of almond butter or pecan butter or some kind of little nut butter and yeah. you'll notice you don't want it as bad. And four drink some water. It'll
1: help. Yeah. Right. Right. I know a lot of times we're just thirsty.
2: <laughs> yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. So I just don't want to forget to put get that little tip.
1: Totally. So we talked a little bit about foods that can cause bloating. What, what do you find are the main foods that can cause bloating? We talked about wheat, alcohol, what are some of their culprits?
2: Wheat, sugar, rye. I am finding uh, rice, even. A lot mm-hmm. of people love sushi. Um, soy is in there. Um, white rice, um, other things that cut ca- corn. Oh my gosh, corn's a pretty big contributor to bloating. Yeah. Um, sugar, white refined sugar, even fruit sugar. I find that for a lot of my clients are very sensitive to fruit sugar. I am, happen to be one of them, but a lot of my clients are very sensitive to fruit sugar. Um, they're like, well, it's all natural. And I'm like, yes, but it's still carbohydrate and sugar and sure. it's feeding the yeasts and bacterias and funguses, parasites in the gut sugar, sugar, no
1: matter what. Yeah. And also the kind of fruit may matter. Like maybe you're better doing some berries or something as opposed to mangoes and pineapple and watermelon, for example, those can cause maybe more bloating. Exactly. works better for you. And also too, for you guys listening, we, we did a whole show on SIBO. I've done a bunch of shows on SIBO. So that's a whole nother topic. And that's a type of bacteria that can overgrow in the small intestine. And that can cause a lot of bloating as well. Clues of that would be if you wake up in the morning, your stomach feels flat, and then throughout the day it gets more and more bloated as you eat certain foods. Um, if you find you're really, you really tend to be more constipated, typically that can come with more constipation. Um, and then certain foods can, can be triggers like onions or garlic, um, like the broccoli family can be, you know, cause issues. So those would be some clues that maybe it might be SIBO. If, you, if those sound familiar, you should definitely check out that show, and we'll put the link in the show notes um, regarding SIBO. Uh, let's see, Christy, is there anything else I'm not thinking about or anything we have at talk hmm. about regarding bloating? I'm
2: trying to think. So bloatings. we mentioned sugar, we mentioned breads, pastas, English muffins, um, fast food. We didn't mention fast food, but fast food is a big contributor as well. Um,
1: beans. You know, beans. Right?
2: I can't believe we didn't mention beans. I know. It's
1: up <laughs> with us. We got to get ourselves...
2: You know, one thing that most, people, <laughs> one thing that most people, um, think is healthy, which it is healthy. I'm not trying to say it's not healthy, but remember we were talking about the gallbladder. The gallbladder remembers that I call it the little purse, the little sack that holds the bile that the liver produces. Many of my clients will eat, when I tell them to eat fats, they're, go- it's like our culture is tell me what to do and I'll mass produce or mass consume. Right. And so, <laughs> as soon as I say, I want to eat more fats, it's like, Oh, I got to have a bag of nuts a day. That's what's going to save me, help me lose my weight. That's what it is. And now we've just beat the gallbladder to death with all that fat. (laughs) And now we're bloated. So making sure to portion out your nuts and maybe not even having them at every snack time and every day, yeah, you know this is just switch with some seeds, get some pumpkin seeds, so you get your selenium and zinc and minerals in there, um, you know doing stuff like that, or sunflower seeds with a good oil, no canola oil, that also will excuse me contribute to bloating, no canola oil, no corn oil, no soybean oil, and there's one more I think I 'm missing um, hydrogenated oils,
1: yeah. Oh, vegetable
2: oil. That's the other one. No vegetable oil. Yes. So really making sure that you avoid those five oils in all of your foods um, will also help because those are toxic.
1: Right. And focus more on the good fats, like maybe fatty wild salmon or, I mean, I'm a huge fan of... of, anchovies and sardines in the weirdest Ooh, I can just like pop open I'm good. Um <laughs> and and you know, choosing what kind of fats to cook with. So coconut oil, like you said, lard, um avocado oh, oil with. is pretty good. I actually like tiger nut oil. I've been into tiger Ooh. nut oil lately. I know. <laughs> I haven't tried that. It's pretty good. Cool. Um, I know it's an actual thing, tiger nuts. I'm not making it up. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> I've seen those. I just haven't tried them.
1: It's it's They're- good because it has a high smoke point, so you can you can cook with that. Um okay. and then reserving olive oil for the lower temperatures and salads and stuff like that. Like don't be doing deep frying and super high heat stir-frying in olive oil. It's just not right. a good idea. Yeah. yeah. Um, love it. Well, we kind of flew through this. Um, I think we gave people a lot of really good ideas regarding bloating. The main thing, get to the root of what it is, like, you know, try some things and see what could be a culprit. And then, you know, and there's also other ideas for like sugar cravings, like you said, gymnema And, um, I know lots of ideas throughout this. So yes. this was helpful for you guys. Where can people follow you and stay up on what you're doing? Okay. So they
2: can follow me on Facebook and YouTube and Instagram. Find me, look me up as Holistically Christy. And my name is K-R-I-S-T-I. And again, that's Holistically Christy. And you can also find my website, holisticallychristy.com. And follow me on Instagram because I have, I'm always um, um, uh, posting. <laughs> I couldn't of yeah. the word. I'm always posting at least three, four times a week, new things. And check out all my posts. Um, I have videos under uh, in YouTube, they are 10 videos um, that teach all their 10 superfoods for super moms and, of course, super dads too. But they really teach you a foundation of how to cook, foods to use, and there's 10 superfoods uh, in my superfood list. So check them out. Number one is lard. So start with <laughs> lard and see where it goes from there.
1: any girl that says lard's a superfood, we can hang out. that's that's pretty cool. (laughs) Christy, thanks for spending some time with us. Thanks for sharing your knowledge with us. So appreciate it. Have an awesome rest of your day and we'll talk soon.
2: Thank you, Dr. Lowe. This was super fun and great questions. Had a lot of fun. Thank you. Thanks.
1: All right, guys, that's our show. Thanks for joining us and hanging with us on the airwaves. I hope you got some good tips to reduce the bloat and feel a little more in your body and not so uncomfortable, I definitely can relate to the bloat. And, um, I know a lot of the things we talked about tonight have made a big difference for me. So try them out, give us your feedback. I love you guys. Keep up the great work. You're doing amazing. Keep listening to these shows, keep sharing them with people in your life. It's all about living it and spreading this knowledge to other people. And I know that you guys are all in this with me. So I love you. Have a wonderful rest of your week and I'll talk to you soon. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Dr. Lowe Radio. Thank you so much for joining us. And for more after the show, you can head over to drlowshow.com where you can find the show notes. Be sure to subscribe to the show and share with all your friends. And please head over to iTunes and leave the show a five-star review and leave a comment. I read each and every one and they warm my heart. Thank you so much again for joining us. I promise to keep bringing you fun, inspiring, empowering content. Until next time, lots of love and I'll talk to you soon.